0: Hey, thanks so much for joining me today on the Cocktie Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. In case you're new to the show, I'm the editor and designated designated driver here at FortNerd.com. Need a lift? I'm your guy. I'll arrive in 2D4 days because I'm driving a donkey cart, but I digress. In case you're new to the show, you may know me as the DM for Quest for the Cure, as Cicero on Cyberpunk Independence, as Doc on Scribes and Scrolls, it's Dr. Cornelius on Dreadful Tales, or sailing on the S.S. Failboat over on Talon and Claw. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show or follow us on social media at fortnerd.com. That's at Fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M, or both. Both works for me, but whatever works for you is fine. The news! Today is release day. Call of The Netherdeep, the second collaboration between Critical Role and d and hits store shelves. It's the first official adventure set in Matthew Mercer's World of Exandria, and Critical Role fans could not be more excited. The book is co-authored by Chris Perkins and James Hank, and has an incredible design team that includes Mackenzie D'Armas and friend to the show and rivals of Waterdeep star Latia Jakes. Also, in related news, announced today by Baldwin Games, is Call of the Netherdeep is going to be an official alternate campaign for Dungeons & Dragons Adventurers League. Like Eberron Oracle of War and Ravenloft Mist Hunters, it will be played within the Adventures League ruleset, but it won't cross over with existing campaigns. You won't be able to play your existing Dungeons & Dragons adventures characters from the Forgotten Realms, for example. You'll need to create a new one for this campaign. Tomorrow, I plan to drop a bonus episode of this here podcast that's going to review the book Call of the Netherdeep in detail, so I do hope you're going to return to that. Just a reminder, Talon and Claw's Adventure Compendium Kickstarter continues just over two weeks before this project closes. It includes a rolling tray, space for your dice and minis, slots for your cards or notes, a hand-turned mechanical and pencil or pen, and there's a whole host of new dice options for you to choose from as well. You can get a custom match with a variety of credible patterns from Kate Greer, Zero Reynolds, or 88 Riddles. You can check out all the loot at tinyurl.com Slash tNCadvcom that's tncadv.com. Tonight is the official premiere of the children of Airte and I could not be more excited. This is the new show by Demiplane that's led by DM Deborah Ann Wool, formerly of relics and Rarely formerly of Relics and Rarities, but perhaps best known as Karen Page on Daredevil and her work in *The Vampire Diaries. The show features Jen Kretschmer, Lauren Urban, Alicia Marie, Hope Lavelle, and Adam Bradford, and this fairy tale for adults promises a whimsical and engaging story, and no one really knows what to expect. Even the players only have an idea. How do I know? Oh, because today's interview is actually with Hope Lavelle and Adam Bradford, who joined me today to talk about this very show. It's an extra long episode, so I appreciate their patience as I peppered them with questions. You know Hope Lavelle is a stunt performer and actor from her role as Penelope on Heroes of the Plains in Silver and Steel, and Adam really needs no introduction. He co-founded D&D Beyond, led it to Staggering Heights, made a switch to Demiplane, brought a strategic creativity to the company that's seeing it capitalized effectively on tremendous opportunities in the RPG space. I always have such a great time talking to Adam and Hope, and I'm glad they were able to join me. You can join them on Children of Airtay tonight at 6pm Pacific Time, 9pm Eastern Time on Twitch.tv slash rpg. Additionally, you can join us in a second window for Dreadful Tales on Talon and Claw. That's Twitch.tv slash Talon and Claw. I know you're not going to want to miss either of those shows, so I look forward to seeing you in both chats. Adam, hey Hope, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. How are you? So good. So excited to be talking to you.
1: Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us. Really appreciate it.
0: As soon as I saw the first blurred out character art for Children of Earté from the mind of Deborah ann Wool on the Demi Plane Twitter, I'm like, "What the hell is this? I need to know everything there is to know about it. Who's involved?" What is this all about? Where can I watch it?
1: All right. So let's uh, tackle that in order. No, so <laughs> so we'll, we'll start maybe at the end. You can watch it on Demi Plain's Twitch channel live on Tuesday evenings. And so I'm not exactly sure when this is going to land, but I think very close to our first mm-hmm. episode, which will be March the 15th, the Ides of March. We have had a lot of fun with that. Uh, as we've been going back and forth but uh, but yeah so the Ides of March is episode one, and that will be um, each Tuesday, uh, 6pm Pacific, uh, from a schedule perspective and, and this is great to get out there to anyone who is listening, we are going to be taking one week off each month, so we will be streaming uh, live, uh, sometimes pre-recorded, uh, you know, we've got a cast of, of pretty busy people, and so <laughs> sometimes we we have to, uh, you know, reschedule and, and pre-film some of that, but uh, we will be having new shows Tuesday evening, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, but then the first Tuesday of each month will be a bye week for us, and we will have some, uh, we'll just call it alternate programming for right now in that slot, so, uh, you know, uh, could be After show type uh, content. Uh, But, uh, you know, who knows, we might have hope playing a whole lot of Breath of the Wild one night, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen. We'll we'll see what happens in that bye week.
0: (laughs) So, you know, when we were just talking before the break about how you were giving me a disclaimer and I'm like, oh, I was going to ask you that question so that's great i'm glad you brought it up i'm going to pivot to that question because. Um, I was just about to ask because so, you're doing something a little different with children of Verte You're this isn't something demi plane has done before with that bye week you're going to be doing the three live shows you're going to be having the first week of the month. Is going to be a down night. It's going to be an after show. I, mean, I think now everybody wants to watch oh, play Breath of the Wild. So if I, <laughs> if I don't tune in happen. at least one Tuesday and she's not playing Breath of the Wild, I'm going to be disappointed. But, <laughs> but was it just was it just the schedule? Did you want to get extra content in there? What was the, how how did the decision come about to to change your schedule up in this way, of deviating from what you've done previously?
1: Yeah, that's a, a really great question, and I think part of it is seeing the trends from other streaming groups out there uh, you know critical role uh, I think everyone at least knows who they are um, at this point uh, but they they take a week off each month we've seen some other groups do it and the feedback that we've received we're we're friends with you know many of these groups and uh, they have told us hey you know this is this is really great to have that little space to breathe One week of the month, and so whether that means that uh, we do just need to have an off night, whether uh, you know it is scheduling vacations and travel and being able to say hey we know for a fact we're not going to stream, uh, you know, the first Tuesday of the month, those are all uh, considerations that kind of just make the uh, streaming and, and life balance a little bit better for the cast. Uh, also for Deborah, as she's uh, coming on, uh, you know she uh, she definitely she's already told us uh, she's she's booked the gig and so you'll have to you know wait to find out what that is. But uh, you know, as she's uh, getting uh, you know gigs and, and things coming her way, members of our cast have uh, gigs coming their way. it's uh, it's really, really great to have that space to breathe. And so as we thought about it, it's like, hey, we could take this time off and we think that people could really get used to that cadence and it would be just fine people would you know come back the following week after but we said you know hey we've got the slot we've got people who are used to coming what kind of compelling content can we put in there and so you know tonight we have decided that that's hope playing breath of the wild um but um but you know in addition to that we will think through just some behind the scenes uh type looks into what's going on i was talking to deborah today uh in fact about some ideas that she has that she wants to do in some of those off weeks where uh you know she's kind of uh Uh, almost doing a director's commentary uh (laughs) you know where she she comes together and she's like hey this is the uh you know this is part of the puzzle that i was going to use but they didn't go that direction and so uh you know being able to expose a little bit more of that to the audience and really just make it a um a very holistic experience we're, we're excited about this it's going to be a long-term campaign again you know things of course can change if no one watches it we may reconsider but uh you know we, we think we've got a a good chance of people being engaged and interested in what we're doing and you know this is going to be a long-term thing and so trying to build out the world around it build out what these characters are experiencing uh and really you know, try to do some some excellent storytelling and have some of that supplemental content that definitely went into that decision as well.
0: Yeah. And I think for a lot of my listeners do watch streams, they watch your streams, they watch Critical Role, they watch what we're doing on Fort Nerd. They sort of really engaged in the streaming community. But if they haven't done it themselves, they may not know that streaming is slightly different than playing because it is performative and it is it does take a lot of energy, and you, and Hope, uh, and Jen, and Lauren, uh, and Alicia, and of course Deborah. You're not just streaming these games. It takes a lot out of you to do. So, I mean, you're human at the end of the day. So, it, I'm curious to see how this works for you in terms of your longevity. And, and
1: we, we like to pretend we're not human, maybe sometimes. But, but yeah, I, I do think that we are. I mean, Hope, how do you how do you feel about that? Do, do you like the off week? I don't even know if we've specifically talked about this or not.
2: You know what I feel kind of spoiled thinking that there's going to be an off week cuz you know we went 3 years without, you know, a single single off episode but you know I literally every single week I look forward to Tuesday you know you know it's 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 the day it's the day we get to to play Um, so uh, there's a little hole in my heart a little bit, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's all for the, for the better. Uh, eventually, I think once we start doing it, I'll be like, oh, this is nice. Well, well, you're going to be
1: busy anyway, playing Breath of the Wild. Exactly. I
2: (laughs) I was thinking, I'm actually quite excited to see what kind of content we can do on those off, off times. and. Uh, get some variety in there. I'm very excited to see what we can fill that time with. It's it's really cool. Yeah,
1: well,
0: you beat, I, I, you, you beat oh, me sorry. to it. Yeah. You beat me to it, Adam. I was about to say the hole in your heart is going to be filled by Link. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is it. And, and, you know, the cast, uh, the cast is really... Become very close, uh, you know, over the last several years, and uh, you know, uh, adding in Alicia, and uh, she she is a completely natural fit to that. And mm-hmm. many of us knew her, you know, before this, and so uh, really looking forward to all of that. And it would not surprise me in the slightest if some of those off weeks, if we're not having an after show, if it's off, uh, would not surprise me if the cast still got together in some way. uh, (laughs) But, you know, even just uh, not on cameras, because, you know, one of the uh, best experiences uh, that, you know, I have to kind of force myself to do uh, sometimes now uh, because streaming all the time, you know, very hectic and busy uh, with uh, the day job and, and, and everything that's going on, there is a different feel to a game that you're playing with friends mm-hmm. that are you know, that is not being streamed. And so uh, some uh, some other streamer friends, we occasionally get together, we play games that are not on, you know, being filmed, uh, not going over the air in any way. And uh, those are some really special moments. And so, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me as we go along, here, we're, we're gonna have some like one shots being played with the cast where we're still spending time with each <laughs> other, but that is not, uh, you know, being aired out yeah. there to, to any kind of audience.
0: So now this is going to come as a surprise to you both because you know I'm a pretty uncontroversial host. I, I I have to I have to call you out on something, Adam. You said maybe we're not human, but I was told that uh, everyone's a human commoner. You do research yeah. here on the cocked eye, my friend. Burn. You can't, yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of out of out of sequence of my questions a little bit because I'm really curious. Hope uh, this show has been described as a fairy tale for adults with some analogs being Alice in Wonderland, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, which which, as we discussed actually before we came on, um, who seem to be ordinary people for no particular reason that I will describe as human commoners, may find themselves in a wonderful world that's different from the one they know. What was your first reaction when, whoever came to you about the pitch for children of airtake, what did, what did you think about what, what, what everybody was trying to create?
2: I think my very first thought was, Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing to play someone so close to you, you know, to, to there's nothing I've loved more in my entire life. As a filmmaker, I actually built my career as a filmmaker, as a director on bringing reality to real life. Uh, so this was right up my alley when I heard that this was going to be the theme. I was like, well, this is how I live my day. This is how I live every day. So um, <clears throat> the uh, the aspect of it, I was just like, yeah, I'm right at home with this idea. And I think uh, seeing the characters that everybody has have, have built, like uh, we have a lot of room to grow. But we also, I, I know that for, for a fact, like this is, it's hard to say, but um, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where it's going to get hard.
1: Working um, a fine line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, but uh, getting to play these humans, it, it almost makes me feel closer to the character.
1: I, I'm going to jump in and uh, piggyback on that, too. And so, you know, I remember uh, so talking to Deborah. Deborah has been running some games uh, on the Demiplane platform and, and we connected, uh, you know, a while back and she started doing that and, of course, you know people have really really loved playing with her in those games and we've been able to see the feedback and of course I've admired her storytelling capability and, and just you know how great of a game master she is, uh, you know she really uh, runs a game in a great way I think that she handles rules and handles uh you know pacing of the game uh in, in this incredible way especially with her inclusion of uh, puzzles uh you know to kind of to the degree that she does and um and i've gone on record in a few different places saying that i typically do not like puzzles at all mm-hmm. and um but uh, i remember the first time that i saw her running a game, I believe it was at one of the d d live events, and, and I was in the audience, you know, watching it, and I remember seeing something that she was doing, and I was like, wait a minute, I think I might like it, uh, you know, like puzzles now, at least the way that she's doing this, and it, it got me thinking, so maybe I just haven't been in a game where <laughs> where a great puzzle had been ran yet, you know, and so, uh, so yeah, re- really looking forward to that, but I remember as we were talking about, you know, hey, why don't, why don't you, uh, you know, stretch your legs, uh, get into a streaming series like this, something that's more long form, lets you really, really get into uh, that kind of character driven story development of that. And uh, she started thinking, uh, you know, kind of uh, pitching out ideas there. This was, uh, you know, the thing that she, um, it, it was pretty obvious to me that it was the one that uh, she seemed to to kind of gravitate towards. but. The moment that she said fairy tales for grown ups, and she started talking about, you know that that hey there there might be, uh, you know, uh, there, there might be something magical uh, that, that we can connect to in this world that we're in right now. It immediately evoked, uh, you know, Neil Gaiman to me. Uh, you know, Stardust. Uh, the concept that you know, fairy is just around the corner. Uh, I love that she, you know, had said that if you could turn your head fast enough, you might catch a glimpse mm-hmm. of it. You know, and uh, and, and all of it uh, really did just sparkle for me, and I could I could tell in her expressions how much she was into it. But for me, I was uh, immediately excited and said, "Yeah, hey, that's the thing we should do." because uh, to me one of my favorite aspects of playing these games. and I don't think this was the case for me 20 years ago, uh, but you know at this point, I love the concept of you know being able to break that fourth wall and I like the humor that is associated with that, the inside jokes, those sorts of things. And right now it is breaking a fourth wall for many of my characters because it's, you know, it, it feels like a Deadpool situation because no one actually knows what's happening in this. But but in this show, we are all characters that are coming from a world like our own uh, we're going to have the, uh, you know, we're going to know the same songs we're going to know, uh, you know, the, the same kinds of movies and so all of those references And and so the thing that I immediately told her was uh, and, you know one of the characters that i was wanting to play on the stream anyway was a peter quill star lord style of you know just being able to tap into some of that um you know earth kind of stuff even though he's in this galactic uh setting that is is so alien and so foreign from from you know where where he came from and so uh that concept really really resonates with what she's trying to do and so i think that You know, not unlike running something like the D20 modern setting, uh, you know, several years ago when I would run that, one of the things I discovered is that players really did great with the role playing in a setting that was more familiar to them, and so being able to say oh you walk down to the corner convenience store in the town that we happen to live in you know and it's like there's this familiarity that that comes from that and um and so you don't have to worry as much about suspending some of that disbelief um and and you can focus maybe a little bit more on what what's going on with the character and, and some of the role playing there and so i really hope uh and and i feel like the audience is going to have you know some of that same level of familiarity and then if and 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 possibly when things start to become more and more unfamiliar the audience is going to be able to go on a journey just like our characters, because we, we don't actually know as players, we do not actually know where this is going to go. And that's terribly exciting to think about that. Whereas if I'm playing on the Sword Coast somewhere, I have a good idea that, you know, some evil wizard's going to do something, I'm going to go do something about it. And then, you know, the status quo is going to return to something. This is such a new thing that we're doing, that we're not going to to know what happens next. And I think some of that uh, you know, uh, being anxious about that, some of that trepidation, some of that excitement and delight, hopefully is going to also transfer to the viewers. Yeah. And, you know,
0: this hope you were sort of talking about your excitement of of, of playing in this show. And I'll be honest, when the teaser dropped and now we've only played together in a few games so I, I my 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 frame of reference is limited but your name was the first that came to mind it just set, felt like such a whimsical story that you would be such a perfect part of um so that that's that's what i really wanted to say about that oh, it's just thank you that's very like, sweet yeah, yeah it seems like such a genuine opportunity for you it's, to stretch it's the dream muscles.
2: come true yeah for sure
0: and um you know the the thing that i like about about what you're describing is is similar to what you know because with ed greenwood um in the forgotten realms we had lots of opportunity during quest for the cure to sort of talk about the genesis of, of his development of that system and You know, originally the Forgotten Realms was connected to Earth and like it was um, you had the opportunity to get there and it was just forgotten about. So it's sort of similar to that idea in that it's just sort of a world that's not our own. I just hope and this is my personal view and it's my headcanon, even if Deborah does not confirm it. But if she would and you could tell me, I would be grateful if in the world of Erte, um, who stars in Terminator 2? Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger or is it Sylvester Stallone? (laughs) <laughs> I, I need to know.
2: I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let the uh, pop culture person here. Yeah,
1: well, you know, I, 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 honestly, uh, we're we're just gonna have to to see how that plays out. Um, really, we're we're just going to have to uh, to see how that plays out. And I think uh, you know that that is the thing. Now, you know, I am trying. I don't think this is insider knowledge. Uh, and if it is, then then your listeners might get just a little sliver of that. But um, but I actually don't think that there is a world called erte that that we're we're going to populate. Okay. Okay. I believe that at least to some degree, erte is possibly a word for earth. Um, and 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 so you know, think what you will about that. But um, but but I, I think it, it it's there's nothing hiding in plain sight there. It is saying that these characters are essentially children of Earth. Now, who would call Earth that and use that word for that? You know, that's uh, I mean, I actually honestly as a player and also somebody that is you know uh, producing the show i actually don't know um what that means that's that's in deborah's mind but uh but yeah i think that that is going to be a distinction that we're going to kind of find out soon and you know it, it really evokes for me uh the idea in Narnia of the children of adam and uh you know the the sons of adam and the daughters of eve right you know and and that uh that concept that uh you know if, if there are uh you know individuals out there who are unfamiliar, with uh with with who you are. Uh and Deborah said this in our episode zero uh that that we actually you know recently held uh you know she was talking through and she she basically said that uh you know the the people from from earth would be very strange and, and foreign and and in some ways wondrous. Uh and and I love that idea that you know we we think that we're in this run of the mill, uh, you know rat race, just uh, you know hamster wheel that we're in in our lives right here. But uh, you know honestly, when we're able to take a step back, uh, it's pretty wondrous. Our world really is pretty wondrous, uh, even with the, a lot of the bad that goes on. There's a lot of wonder out there, and uh, and I think that you know one of the things that Deborah is trying to uh, to kind of capture with that is you know that uh, that that there is that wonder there, and uh, some other you know people with a different perspective might uh, be able to latch onto that.
0: All right, Hope, Adam, this is a question for both of you. We talked about it a little bit, but I'm very curious to know. Deborah is creating this, this whimsical world where there's more to meets the eye. Not like there's going to be a Transformer showing up, but there's <laughs> there's more than we can see. And we don't you got to touch. know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what that's going to be. How much do you know already about D- Debra's world? And how much is going to be a surprise to you? Oh. <laughs> we know
2: nothing. <laughs> We we know we knew enough and, and barely enough, might I say, uh, to to really to make a character really like she's very vague in the best way possible uh, of, of uh, you know, it, this is a world not far from our own. This is your humans. You live in this. Yeah. in This modern day. She's very vague again um, and, and make a character that lives in this modern day world. Don't worry about anything else.
1: And, and and and, and what, what what I'll add to that, which you know, is really fantastic, is she really did give very free reign about what you wanted your character to be in this world like our own, uh, you know, I, you know this this version of Earth, uh, because she really did, uh, and, and that's one of the other things I love about where we're starting. Most of the time, a backstory in a D and D game is uh, some kind of you know uh, side note. Um, that, uh, you know, none of the other players typically care about, you know, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're really, really method uh, with the people that you're playing. But, uh, you know, in something like this, as we have got together, since we don't have any of the real details of what is going to evolve with these characters and what's going to happen from here, uh, we had to spend all of our focus and energy. On you know who is Silas Jordan in this world, and so I know that he currently lives uh, you know in Atlanta, Georgia. I know that uh, you know the kind of foods that he likes. I know that he owns a comic, game, and toy store, one of the largest in the world. I know that uh, I know what he did in his younger days. I you know, and so it's like all of those kinds of things as a group. I know a lot about robin beckett um you know or at least you know the the, the things that is publicly available or, or what she's uh you know c- kind of uh you know putting out there as a person and so that's hope's character and i could say the same about all of the other cast members characters we know where they're starting at because since we don't have some of those other distractions like oh what class are you playing um what what are your ability scores and you know all those other mechanical things that often uh players kind of focus on it really has meant that Whenever these characters get together, whenever they meet, uh, because that is the thing, like we don't really know each other, Uh, the characters don't, uh, you know, before this starts, it's all going to be, uh, you know, in my opinion, that much richer, because then we're going to get to understand who they are here in this world. And uh, and then wherever that evolves from there, we're going to have a really really good idea of where they've come from, and 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 that to me excites me. And so, uh, you know. Yes, deborah has been super vague about where it's going to go from here, but then she really gave us the keys to the kingdom as far as, you know, do you want to be wealthy? Do you want to be, uh, you know, uh, scraping by? Do you want to uh, be young? Do you want to be old? You know, any of those things have, have really been, uh, you know, within our fingertips and, and we can kind of do whatever we want there because the idea is wherever we're starting from, it's definitely not where we're going to end Uh, It's just going to inform, inform what happens on that journey. I want to circle
0: back to your characters a little bit, because I want to dive into them as much as we can. And I've got some specific questions for both of you about how you came to them. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, the cast itself. Obviously you talked off the top, um, Deborah was running some games on the Demiplane platform and that sort of opened the window between you and her to start those conversations. But the show also includes some frequent Demiplane collaborators, uh, Jen Kretschmer, Hope of course, Lauren, and not newcomer to TTRPGs, but newcomer to Demiplane, uh, Alicia Marine. Um, uh, I wanna ask Hope, and then I'm gonna ask you, Adam, a slightly different version of the same question. What What are you expecting? You've played with a lot of these people before and you have a lot of experience playing with them what are you expecting from these amazing players in this particular game
2: i expect every player to come ready with their heart these players put everything in into what they do and they are giving and um, just amazing to play with, and I know that with their passion for their characters, they also bleed out passion for your character, and they are people. Even with Alicia, I play a home game with her every week. Uh, she is so giving and uplifting for your character, and uh, I think that's not only are their players are going to be uplifting, the characters are going to be uplifting in their own way. So hands down that's the number one thing we can expect from this group is that no matter who's at the table they're going to be just the perfect people
0: to play with and 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 the, the one thing i'll say about uh, the shows, and this is going to segue into the question I have for you, Adam. And and this, you know, a large part of the the players that you've that you've collected for your games, collected isn't the right word. I apologize. Um, <laughs> that you've that assembled, you've th- assembled like the Avengers, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, is it? And and Deborah, Deborah feels like a um, a very much in line with the creative, collaborative people that you've been able to develop on your shows because from what everything you've seen you said from what i've seen her talk about it feels like collaboration is something that's really important to her that it's not just her story it's it's she is helping you discover the story and that feels like a very unique way to play dungeons and dragons and it's not everybody's way sorry that was me monologuing a little bit that's not why anybody's listening um adam the the thing that i wanted to ask you is similar to what i asked for hope but a little different um what what what, why did you choose this particular cast for this particular story?
1: Yeah, so uh, it, it definitely is going to go back uh, to some of the,, uh, you know, just uh, relationships that we formed at the beginning of uh, the Penelopes and the Brives, and, uh, you know, all of, uh, you know, Orkira and Alindra and all, all those characters that uh, came together uh, so long ago at this point. It, it's, uh, it's a little wild to think about how long ago that was, uh, but, uh, you know, just great relationships. And one of the things that I have seen in the plethora of streamed content that is out there. First of all, there is a ton of it, and I wish that I could keep up with it better. Um, But you know when you think about that when someone is committing to watching something that you're creating for two hours, each and every week like that. It, it really is uh, th- this huge honor for people who are creating that content to think about people spending their time especially when there's so many other things that they can do. We have batman movies that are clocking in at three hours these days you know it's it, it's it's hard uh which which, which I, I thought was very solid and I liked it a lot but <laughs> but still it's it's a commitment right and we've got to uh you know jump in and think like hey if they're watching this show, that means that um, you know there's something that they like there and that um, is again it, they honor us with that kind of commitment and the thing that I have seen across that just massive amount of content and options that are out there is people tend to gravitate towards and the the end product tends to be uh, you know so much better when the people who are playing together have chemistry and when they get along with each other in in good ways not you know not always that everything is is just always easy or anything like that but uh you know that even when there's tension it's a very positive tension and you know all of the uh, again it's just the chemicals coming together and that chemistry and, uh, you know, what I've seen over the last several years is this cast has a lot of chemistry. We have a lot of respect for each other. We genuinely like each other. Uh, and, you know, we, we are friends at this point. And, and you know, and I, I think that, you know, just like I said earlier, when we have an off week, it would not surprise me if people were asking, like, hey, you wanna still get together and, uh, and, and play a, a, another game. And that is a really, really great ingredient for something being very special. And so then when you get uh, someone who is new coming into that, uh, such as Deborah, and I'm not counting Alicia quite as much because again, several of us know her and and she uh, uh, is, uh, you know, she she's, she's been in the same circle, uh, to, to some degree for a while. But, you know, with Deborah, her being as imaginative and creative as she is, and really committed. The thing that I that I love about it, she is just so committed to great storytelling. And kind of to your point before, it's not committed to her telling a great story. She's committed to the storytelling itself, mm-hmm. and you know she wants to be a part of that, and she wants to set those parameters for the the players to be able to come in and collaborate on that. And so wh- I, I just knew that. It would create a great mix because I have had three plus years of really good evidence that um, that these players play well together, and um, and it's also you know again after building those kind of friendships and, um, and and just knowing what I know about the players that are around this uh, this virtual table i am just genuinely excited to see them play something different uh so after playing you know one character for for years and years and years uh there is this transference that goes on where it's like you know uh, i had to tell people so many times towards the end of that campaign it's like Hey guys, please remember that I am not actually Briv. Like I don't actually believe what he just said during the, you know, and and some of those things. And you know, uh, Jen is saying like uh, Alindra, uh, you know, would know that. And uh, but but it's like uh, so so you know, and and just being able to. Separate ourselves from some of that transference that goes on after playing a character for that long, and to be able to do something new and fresh like this, I am genuinely just kind of excited—the way that a friend would be excited that another friend is doing something cool. I want to see, you know, what Robin is like when when Hope starts to play Robin Beckett, and so so I think that you know, uh, a, a very long-winded way to say that there really is chemistry here. Mm-hmm. we really do like each other there there's an authenticity to what goes on there and i think you know even at the demi plane level when we're talking about this as a company we care about being authentic we care about being transparent and um, you know these are, are values that we care about, uh, you know, in in the company. And so, if we are going to put content out there, we want to make sure that there's a truth and, uh, you know, kind of an organic uh, transparency to to that content. And I couldn't think of any other cast. We we could have gone and tried to find some some other people and hired people. Um, but um, you know, what we really believe in is missionaries and not mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we want people who are real believers in storytelling and real believers in making something great. And I have seen that this cast has been those missionaries for, for years now, and they, they are true believers and they want to make something great. And, um, and I have no doubt that, that this is gonna be great
0: y'all are y'all are making this easy for me because it's like you're hosting this, you're segueing into my next question it's like I'm sitting I, I could just let you both talk to each other, and I would have a great show <laughs> um but but hope I want to ask you because uh because Adam talked about Robin, the wonderful character that you are going to be playing for those who may not know about Robin, what are you able to share
2: Robin Beckett is. Uh, as it was said in uh, episode zero, um, uh, Robin Beckett is 80 years young. She is uh, your granny for hire. She is, uh, it's, it's, she, she's an elderly lady you would never see reclining in a chair. She's up, she's about, she's ready for anything and she's not gonna let anything like age uh, stop her from living life.
1: Now H ain't nothing but a number.
0: Right. <laughs> now now the thing that really drew me to Robin from a mechanical perspective is that, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. And if you can't share it, just tell me to shut up. <laughs> um, she is a temp agency worker. <laughs> and and so what I'm pulling from that is she's going to be good at a lot of different things. hundred mm, percent And and she's gonna be pulling out stuff. And, and, you know, everybody's going to be, uh, everybody's going to be at this, this puzzle or this challenge. And she's sort of going to be sitting in the back with her fingers crossed. And, and she's going to be like, Oh, dearie out of the way.
2: A hundred percent. You got it right there. You got it. Yeah. she the nail
1: on the head. Yeah. The, <laughs>
2: I love that, you know, she, she, she doesn't want to be retired. She's working for a temp agency just because she likes to do things. She likes to learn new things. She's had a million experiences in her life. I, I kid you not. I've been doing her notes on, on uh, just her background notes and stuff. And I literally, this is not an exaggeration, I have 10 pages worth of a list of everything that she's done in her life, from experiences to past careers to past jobs um, and pastimes. Uh, So, And that's all stuff I have to keep in my head when we're doing puzzles and stuff like, oh, I might know this because I was a MIG welder during the war or something, you know, like some random thing I can pull out and and, um, be able to use. but, but a hundred percent, I'm hoping that that comes in uh, useful when it comes to, you know, Deborah's amazing puzzles. <laughs> All right.
1: right. Now that's the thing, even with the, uh, you know, the announcement trailer that went out, I don't even know if the players, uh, you know, recognize or realize, but, you know, there are some old photos floating around uh, the, the cast photos and uh, you know, there, there's some Easter eggs in there. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so I, I love when, uh, you know, I was putting that together for, for Robin and, you know, here's, <laughs> Hope, hope's headshot uh, is, is swirling around the center there but you know we've got oh oh there's someone welding oh there's you know what's the, what's this uh, helicopter doing what you know yeah. and so it's just like all this uh this stuff coming together and uh and you know just hearing oh there are all these experiences uh that robin has had and honestly robin reminds me of a uh kindergarten teacher that I had that that I ended up you know uh connecting with years, years after I was out of school, and you know, just that uh kind of zest for life and mm-hmm. doesn't want to be confined to the recliner. Yeah. Uh, and uh and so it's like I, I I love I love the aspirational uh concept of that. And and I'm sorry, I'm gonna take a quick aside here because this is something fascinating, even with uh you know the character that I'm playing that I realize is you know, I was talking to my wife the other day and I was like, wait a minute, you know, when I was uh, 14 and I'm playing these games, all of my characters were like 21 or 22. And so I guess it was because that's what I aspired to be. Like that's, that's what I wanted to be. And then I, I recognized that as I started getting older than that, then it's like, you know, I hit a moment where it was like 28 Um, And then it's like all my characters, even in my thirties, I wanted to be 28 again, almost or something, (laughs) you know? And so, but then it's like, as I've gotten to the much older age than that now, um, I start to think about, uh, you know, this character that I'm playing is, you know, um, in in his early fifties and and then Robin is, you know, in her eighties and it's just thinking about, wait a minute, now I'm playing aspirationally in a different direction that I want to you know it's like as I'm thinking about what this is it's like I want to associate with this idea that even when I get to these older ages I am still going to have adventure in my life I'm still going to have this uh this zeal and this zest for life so um I uh I, I adore you know Robin and when <laughs> Hope started you know talking through what what was going to happen with Robin I was like oh this is this is incredible and I already love it I I think what
0: we need and this is going to be in my head and even if it's not in your show but feel free to use it and, and you don't even have to credit me it needs to be a drinking game every time hope comes out with some random fact or job or scale for robin <laughs> because it would bring me such life this is this is a small small request two requests is very small. <laughs> I, I definitely
2: it. i definitely can't wait to to be able to just pull out a one random tidbit from one random job that she had for a week, you know, back in the '60s
0: or something. It's like, what do you mean you don't know the what temperature cork dries at? Ridiculous. <laughs> exactly.
1: Back in '82, yeah, I could throw a football over them mountains. <laughs>
0: Now, okay, Adam, I want to ask you about your character, Silas, because you talked a little bit about Silas being this sort of an aspirational character. But it feels like based on our previous conversations and all the all the chats we've had, and looking at your background of your video, anybody who's ever seen it uh, will recognize what it's all about. Because Silas owns the largest uh, comic book toy or a large comic book toy store in the world. now how one, much, one of the
1: largest in one the of
0: days. the largest okay okay yeah. um how much of yourself is silas like do you want to be silas in 10 years where you're just sort of hanging out in the back of the comic book store watching everybody play the games and like all that stuff how much of it is is you
1: so uh it, it's a great question i think you know over the years i've certainly discovered that as people play these games which, which by the way um again just to reiterate a thing that i say all the time these games really could just save the world if everybody in the game, uh, world played these games the world would be an infinitely better place than it is today but um you know um so, so i think storytelling is primal for humans and i think that one of the things these games and these characters that we play it does um you know help us uh, uh you know kind of work out uh you know some of the things that uh, are going on in our head uh, it lets us play out dreams sometimes uh you know but at the same time there, there's a clear separation And so for instance with silas i will not get into any of these secrets but you know he has some secrets and so there are some things that uh, will be discovered about silas that are very much so not anything that adam bradford has ever done um but uh, but i will say that uh you know some of the familiarity of i am in real life a very big collector i think you know that uh there's certainly an aspirational element to uh you know silas claims uh to his knowledge to have the biggest action figure collection in the world so sure i will never have that as adam but it's something i sure would not mind to have um and um and you know that kind of thing for sure and uh but i I think that a lot of it is just thinking through like hey we have this opportunity for this to be connected to the world that we know and so uh you know i happen to have my fingers in a lot of those different kinds of things and um and i I think that that can bring something to bear for for this character in the story and so so definitely some connections definitely uh you know i think the aspirational element more than anything is his approach to life and um you know just the fact that just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you got to start shutting things down uh you know and uh you know life really can be better because you know i can say that i'm a 40 something at this stage um and you know life is better now than it was for for me 10 years ago and you know when, when i hear people talk about you know, the glory days of high school. I'm like, did you go to high school? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like life is so much better than me uh, than than high school was for me. And so that concept that, you know, Hey, I want to be in my fifties. I want to be in my sixties. Uh, and And I want life to keep getting better and better. That is absolutely an aspirational element of, you know, what's, what's going on with Silas here.
2: Didn't uh, didn't Bilbo go on his adventure when he was fifty? Like that's when his Absolutely. adventure started.
1: Yes, so. yeah, <laughs> it's it's, perfect. it's it's perfect. It it is really really perfect. And you know, Silas, uh, the other thing that I will um, unabashedly say um, is going to go on with Silas is he is a huge Michael Jordan fan, and so <laughs> uh, one of the things that you will discover throughout play is you know there are going to be times where he is quoting MJ. And he he owns a pair of every. He's sneakerhead. He so he owns a pair of every Jordan uh, ever made. Um, you know, all, all of those things are, are are going to come to play for sure. He inexplicably has a basketball with him um, at all times. You don't even know where it comes from. Um, you know. So is he
2: gonna uh, is he gonna quote
0: Space Jam at all?
1: Uh, oh, of course. Space <laughs> Jam is part of part of the canon of what makes MJ great. So uh, so yes. <laughs>
0: Another element of Children of Erte, which Deborah has spoken about at length, and, and those who have followed her TTRPG games recognize that she is very much in favor of puzzles. So, Hope, I, I wonder how uh, the the idea of a campaign that's going to be not littered, littered isn't the right word, but include really well thought out puzzles that include long lead up and deep clues. How are you... Going to approach that? Have you ever played a campaign like that? How do you feel about a campaign like that? Are you scared about playing in a campaign like that? What are, What are your thoughts about that?
2: I am going to approach this game like a like a kid in an escape room. I kid you not. I will be scrutinizing every little detail that she says, every word. I going that's a clue. No, that's a clue. That's. A clue. I'm going to save that for later because that's going to come up. You know, I'm going to be, you know, looking at every finite detail uh, with wonder and excitement. Uh, I have been in a lot of campaigns and I've even run my own campaigns where I really want to give a good puzzle or two and I will work so hard at it. And my puzzles are solved in like three seconds. <laughs> so I really appreciate someone who is so uh gifted at crafting puzzles that are real thinkers. they're 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 puzzles that are, and I've watched her puzzles and, and it's so satisfying to see them when they finally solve it. It was like not that it was too easy or too hard, but it was it it really came to be very satisfying when you do solve it. And it was just challenging enough. Um, so, for me, I, I just can't wait. I, I I love combat, I love role play, but uh, puzzles is not something that I have gotten to experience in D&D uh, very, very much, so I'm very
0: excited. And on a similar line, Adam, you're... I keep I keep couching my questions in this way. I apologize, but it's it's not something you've done before. You're doing something a little different with this show. Um at um demiplane.com/slash children of airte, of course, no accent because that would just make Google go crazy. Breaks the URLs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to allow the audience to share in the fun of the puzzles. So as Deborah is revealing clues or images that are of value to her story, that is going to be there so that the viewers can play along themselves. And of course, you've asked nobody to, to, to spoil that for you. What, where did you come up with the idea for that, allowing the audience to play along with you?
1: Um, so that actually is Deborah's idea. Uh, and you know the, the very, very vague general uh, direction that I gave there was, You know, hey, we've been running this show for a while, uh, this Heroes of the Plains show. We've had this mini series for Strixhaven Chaos. And one of the key things that we do is a great deal of audience participation because anytime we roll a one or a 20, Uh, people get to roll on some chaos or wild magic table and, uh, you know, for uh, Todd Kenrick or B. Dave Walters, you know, as they're, uh, you know, helping run some of that and just the tone of those shows. It was very appropriate and it was very improvisational, and you know, everything's happening there. And so, a lot of fun had by the audience, a lot of fun had by the players. Um, and so, for this, that we knew that that wasn't going to feel appropriate for the tone that we were going for. And so, then it's like, well, hey, uh, we would love to engage the audience in, uh you know, creative ways, if we can. And so basically, uh, just had that discussion with Deborah, and she came back and said, Hey, uh, you know, when I give you handouts, when I give you uh, there are images when there are clues uh, for puzzles, you know, any of that sort of thing, uh, we can absolutely share those with the audience as well. And, you know, for, for one thing that that tells me is that there will be puzzles that we will be, um, you know, kind of uh, attacking that are not going to be resolved in you know uh, an encounter quote unquote or uh, you know uh, even just a session or whatever, and so there can be these really long term things that the audience can can start to, to engage in, so um, I, I think it's a great idea, uh, and we of course wanted to support that when she said that we're going to continue to look for other ways uh, to, uh, you know, bring in some audience engagement, uh, we, we've got some other ideas not quite ready to talk about yet, but Um, What I can say is for all intents and purposes, what we are trying to do here with this show, uh, we really are trying to be kind of at the, the top tier of what a remote play ongoing stream like this can be because you think about some of the best streams out there uh most of those you know people are in a studio together they're around a table playing together and i think we all understand and know that that brings a certain kind of energy to it Mm -hmm. and um you know it, it does uh you know kind of make some of that quality a little easier in some ways because you know you've got uh just the the physical ability to play off of each other when you're in the same room is a different kind of thing well i've been playing with this incredible cast for three plus years now and i think that in a lot of ways this cast has mastered the art of being remote being able to understand cadence and pacing and uh you know even things like cross talk uh and all the things that happen you know we are playing our games uh, on the stream through Demiplane, plane so a little bit of plug for Demiplane. you know audio quality you know there's not a lot of lag or, or any of that going on but it really does Mean that we are able to create something that I think is really, really special when you think about it in that lens that we are not physically at a table together. And so this is for us, we are trying to say, okay, hey, we're not going to be at a table in a studio together. What are the the things that we can do from a production standpoint that will make this the epitome of what one of these remote play uh, shows could be? And so so that uh, from a production standpoint, that's kind of our challenge. And uh, you know, we've got um, I can't wait for people to see the overlay. It's going to be uh, you know, uh, cool, cool to see that. A lot lot of uh, time and energy went into that, um, and and just kind of how everything's going to come together how we're going to display things we're going to have live updates if somebody if Robin says something incredibly cool as a quote. Um, you know that quote is going to be able to flash up on the screen uh, (laughs) almost like you're reading a news article you know all of that is going to be going on from a production standpoint and um, and and I can't wait to see people be able to interact with that there may even be other types of ways to spend channel points Mm -hmm. uh, on Twitch in the future that we've got some some fun things planned for the audience so uh so yeah this is going to be um, us experimenting with finding some innovative ways uh, to, to really engage the audience in both the storytelling that's going on and also in just the chat situation and everything surrounding the game.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I will say two things. One, um, I, I think you and your shows have always done an excellent job of just reiterating what you said, engaging people, despite the distance, I think, um, you know, your show is just as good as anybody else's who are sitting around a table. And I think in large part, that's because of the people that you've developed the relationships that you've built and you can't undersell that. Um, and we had a bit of, um, a scoop here on the Cockeye podcast because clearly Hope did not even know that the quotes were going to be live because you didn't see her smiling and laughing. And <laughs> I was like, Ooh,
1: <laughs> that sounds
0: great!" I'm stoked for that.
1: Yeah, that that is it. I I, I don't think we have shared much of that info yet uh, from a production standpoint, but yeah, I think I think you have seen the overlay at least like a flash of the yeah. overlay. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we're uh, we're coming in hot on some of those things, uh, you know, because we've been uh, you know putting a lot of things together for the show but uh but yeah it's uh it's really going to be an, an interesting thing we're working with some uh, great partners out there uh working currently with uh you know is a big fan of two minute tabletop so mm-hmm. uh you know shout out to them uh here so uh so we're going to be working with them on some of the uh you know map uh assets and and all of that but uh but yeah i think uh I think Deborah. Uh, it, I don't think it's a secret since it's in the the big splash image of the full group. But apparently, there's a train station and a train involved. Uh, you know, in this uh, this first episode mm-hmm. right away. And um, and so you know, it, it's my understanding that Deborah's been really hard at work uh, creating some of her own stuff. And so those, those are the things that we will end up being able to share through the website.
0: Yeah, very cool. Hope I want to ask you my my last my last question for you is we've talked a lot about what the show is going to be and talked about your character. We've talked about Adam's character. What's one thing that you hope? If you'll excuse, I can't couldn't come up with another word in the moment. <laughs> What's one thing that you hope that you're going to be able to experience through the length of this uh long running campaign, Children of Erte?
2: Uh, speaking personally, for me and my character that I have created, Robin, uh, I am just looking forward to experiencing an adventure that I'm starting out as an 80 year old woman. You know, where she's been through a lot of adventures, but this is the magical adventure that is is. You know, you you look at like people who have played their d d characters usually start young and then they start their d d game and then they get older as they reach level 20. And then they're these old people, but they're badass. And then you have some people who are playing older characters, but they're already later on in their story. Robin is starting her story at 80. And I'm just looking forward to all those moments of exploration of, of her getting to play out this adventure and to find those moments of You know um being genuine and uh and and again you know being able to solve puzzles and and play with my friends and all of it's just gonna come together i I just that's what i hope for me personally is just that i get to see what happens to robin
0: i hope Damn it. I did it again. I, 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 I should have been prepared for this. I'm sorry. Um, no, my, my sincerest wish, uh, is that, uh, your character, uh, is often going to be the one who is, taking the role of sort of the like, no, let's go ahead. This is going to be great, guys. Like the, the sort of the, bl- the the blundering person who just goes forward as like sort of takes that on that childlike aspect. I would that anyways.
2: Yes, it's uh, it's, it's I'm going to try my hardest to stay away from Penelope Penelope isms that would Penelope's always one to let's go without thinking about it, you know, but she's she's coming from an, a, an, an innocent, naive side of mm-hmm. what could what could go wrong. But Robin is coming from a stance of, lots of things could go wrong, but let's do it anyways.
0: I lo- I, I love it so much, <laughs> Adam. My last question for you is is not related to to Children of Earth Day. It's actually related to related to Demiplane. And I've said this to a lot of people. I'm not just saying this um, because we're talking. That I feel like Demiplane over the last six months in particular has done a really good job of filling a niche that didn't exist in the market. So, particularly with Pathfinder Nexus, Vampire the Masquerade Nexus, my, my rationale for saying that is I feel like, and you don't have to comment, you know more about this than I do. I feel like DD is going to start pulling back their stuff that they're going to build their own tabletop, they're going to create their own digital tools. So there's a lot more space in other places for tools like what you're developing. Where did you? At what point did you realize that this was an area that you wanted to take and what prompted this sort of, I don't want to say pivot because pivot isn't the right word, but like a divergence in your strategy from platform to separate platform?
1: Yeah, Gary. I, I mean, I think that that's a whole podcast um, maybe <laughs> to a- answer that one. So, so certainly good question. Uh, but uh, but you know, I I will try to be super brief, and then maybe you know you can have me on for a follow up. I would point. love but, it. Yeah. But but yeah, I I think that uh, you know for uh, you know what's going on in our industry, uh, and uh, you know this is, this is an incredible industry, and and one of the things that Happens in our industry is we've got a ton of fans and players who have come together and made this a, a very thriving industry, but um, you know the industry is not incredibly mature yet uh, from from a business standpoint uh, because it's it's kind of in the gold rush days uh, you know to some degree now um, you know and and by the way this is after. Decades where there have been crashes and you know all, all kinds of things have happened to, to tabletop role playing, you know, since the 70s. But um, but ultimately, where we find ourselves now, D and D has been incredibly successful. And um, you know, I'm not sharing any insider info here or any uh, violating any uh, NDAs. By saying that, you know, I think the publicly available information makes it pretty clear that Wizards is, you know, uh, heading down a path um, similar to what you're describing there. And, um, you know, as a DD fan, I hope that that is incredibly successful. I hope that they do a, a wonderful job of it. Um, I, I hope it's something that I really, really want to use to play that game. For me, uh, you know, after uh, starting DD Beyond and seeing, you know, some, some of that. You know, being able to kind of break through. Uh, you know, there's so many false starts with digital tool sets and, uh, you know, things that just ended up dead in the water and, and, and very, very hard. It's a lot harder than a lot of fans thought it was for many, many years. Uh, but, but after, you know, uh, something breaking through with that, uh, you know, finally, uh, I, I think, you know, one of the best testaments to that is, uh, you know, uh, the direction wizard seems to be going is very much so and uh, uh, you know it, it looks very inspired by by some of that success which which I think is a wonderful thing for our industry and it's moving forward there, but um, you know as I started getting uh, you know kind of the end of my season uh, of that former life I started you know recognizing that hey. I've played these games for 30 years, and I play a lot of games that are not D&D, and I love a lot of games. You give me a superhero game, I've played them all. Uh, you know, I, I, there there are just so many games that I enjoy, and I, you know, even while I was in that former life, I always had this constant desire to, you know, really answer the question: Don't these other great games out there deserve nice things? and um, and so, you know, as it became more and more uh, evident uh, the 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 paths that that all of uh, the, the different players were going down, this is where, for me, it's like, hey, uh, you know I'm gonna move on uh, to, to this different season. We are going to give some of these other great uh, games nice things. and uh, And so naturally, we're doing that for for Pathfinder and for World of Darkness, and free League uh, has free leagues incredible. They have some great games out there. And, you know, honestly, uh, it's, it's not too much of a scoop, I think we've got, you know, seven or eight others that we haven't announced yet. Um, and so, you know, lots and lots of wonderful, incredible games that are that are in the pipeline for what Demiplan is doing. And, um, and so I think, uh, you know, one of the other really key things to think about, even in relation to the show, is however things evolve with Wizards of the Coast in the next couple of years, there is going to be a moment where uh, third party publishers out there are going to have to decide if they are going to uh, make a move inside a walled garden, or if they are going to continue to play in the open playground outside its walls. And, um, and so I think that that is one of the really key things that we're going to see, you know, happen in the industry here. Um, I believe that many of those third party publishers uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to pay some of the uh blood fees and taxes involved in living inside that walled garden and uh and so you know fifth edition is the most popular role-playing game that's ever existed and i think that fifth edition has a whole lot of legs uh in in what it's doing regardless of what happens inside the garden and so uh you know even from a demi plane standpoint um, we are going to uh we absolutely uh you know we have a officially formally announced this or anything, but there will be a fifth edition, uh, you know, 5E Nexus, uh, that will be open gaming license, SRD, uh, you know, level support. And um, and so as third party publishers out there, uh, you know, likely fork like an Amazon silk, um, you know, from, uh, from an Android operating system or, you know, whatever, uh, as those things happen, The great thing that Demiplane is going to be doing is those publishers are also going to continue to have nice things and uh, and and they're going to have this digital support they're going to have. Uh, you know something high quality that that they can uh, you know uh, that fans out there can use for their games and so that is certainly what Demiplane is up to and uh, we're making some really rapid progress it might not always seem like that but um, I've seen this happen before in that former life and I can tell you that what we're doing at Demiplane things are really uh, streaking along at a <laughs> rapid uh, pace and uh, really excited to see this come to life for Pathfinder all these other games uh, that we have announced and, and many that we haven't. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be a really big uh, you know 2022 for Demiplane and uh, it looks like that is going to continue uh, you know for, for, for years to come with the pipeline that we currently have. And uh, you know even a show like this uh, we, you never know what could could happen. Uh, you know this is uh, this is going to become an interesting engaging world. And um, and who knows what that means. You know, there may be the opportunity for you know, fans to be able to play in that world one day. And, and, and I'm genuinely I'm not formally teasing anything. I'm just saying that there's a lot of openness there and there's a lot of possibility. And um, and Demiplane intends to be there to to focus on that open playground, to let people have those great experiences.
0: Yeah, I wasn't going to ask you about a Kickstarter because I'm like, even if I ask, I'm not going to get an answer. So I appreciate that you answered so vaguely and honestly as you're so (laughs) adept at doing. Um, Thank you both so much for joining me. I know that I can say I'm really keen to see what y'all come up with for Children of Arte, which is twitch.tv slash DemiPlaneRPG every Tuesday starting tonight, March 15th at 6 p.m. Eastern time.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having us. And I can't wait uh, to, to see what happens in this story on the show. And uh, really, really grateful, uh, you know, honestly grateful for, for all the uh, viewers and fans out there who are going to be along on this journey with us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so
0: much. Thanks, Hope. Thanks, Adam. Thanks. We've been doing this song and dance for two years, y'all. If you haven't subscribed by now and you consistently get to this point in the show, well damn, that's a level of stubbornness I can respect. It's always good having you join me, and remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.